Sometimes life feels out of our control. We get stuck in trauma, old patterns, and change feels out of reach. Sometimes it feels like fate. We want to help you break out of old, unhelpful patterns and become healthier. We're fate resilience, taking control of the outcome. With licensed therapists, Jennifer Oxford, Taylor Madsen, Haley Mayer. We're going to continue talking about boundaries today. Welcome back. Today, we're going to talk about how our boundaries are informed by our values, but our boundaries can be hijacked by emotional wounds, by trauma. If we have emotional wounds, we'll do what looks good and feels good instead of holding boundaries based on values. So I I think, you know, it's interesting when we talk about emotional wounds, we all have them. So if we're like, who, you know, how do I not have emotional wounds? That's not realistic. You're going to have emotional wounds because you're human and you interacted with other human humans. And, um, but what can happen is when our emotional wounds are still raw and they're not being processed, that is what moves us into that comfort seeking faster. And we can say, why do I keep ending up in this situation? This is not the situation I want to be in. Um, and I'm hoping that I'll have new outcomes. It's why sometimes people end up dating the same kind of person or they keep re, I don't know if the word is reenacting their trauma. It's like re, what's it called? Replaying their trauma through their current relationships. Recapitulation of the trauma. Yeah, it's that big word. Replay sounds better, more blockbuster airish for me. The other one's just cheating at Scrabble. <laughs> But I think it's really important to understand that that is a that the way that we go through those things. In fact, we talked a little bit in our last um, experience that self-sabotage is an experience where we haven't healed emotional wounds. And so that same thing where self-sabotage is a lack of boundaries around something. But I love seeing people who are healing their emotional wounds, make boundary wins and see that move forward. And they start to feel more safe and um, comfortable in working in, in their world. And so there is a lot of hope as we look at that. It's not a matter, well, I don't think it's a matter of having no boundaries as much as it is having loose boundaries or feeling like you can't reinforce your boundaries for people. Or if unidentified, you... like you're saying, right? Right. Like they're there, but they're a haze. They're, they don't have like a defined shape or, you know, you haven't been able to find what they're made of. It's just like. Yeah, it's not an either or. Yeah. Right. And what happens right is one of the reasons we have loose or unidentified boundaries is because we grew up in either emotionally or physically unsafe situations where we learn to say yes to things we didn't really want to say yes to in order to say yes please our caregivers um and get our needs met because as a child pleasing your caregivers is a life or death experience or we had an example of a caretaker who didn't have their own boundaries and so we we learned like oh that's just how one does it right it can be because of a protection mechanism it can be because of like you know fight flight freeze response fawn more right but it can also be because we noticed our caretaker didn't have a boundary perhaps or you know someone who was close to us didn't have a boundary perhaps and we saw how they were able to get through things not necessarily work through in a healthy way but like at least get to the other side kind of thing 
Right. And so they survived through comfort versus boundaries. Right. And comfort wasn't always doing what they wanted to do, but it was avoiding tension or contention when we would hold our boundaries and start to input that. And that's where I see a lot of people struggle with moving from those emotional wounds to boundaries is they start to say, but what will happen if I set this boundary or I give permission to myself to say no to somebody without they won't like me, those kinds of things. So that begins to be their fear. And saying that we do what looks good and feels good is maybe really strong language. It's maybe often uh, doing what's less uncomfortable. Good point. Well, and it, what's interesting is, is that the, the experiences we have in our childhood, we don't necessarily automatically drop them off when we leave home, move away to college, you know, move out for the first time. We may have hated it in our home of origin, but we often, again, the weird word is recapitulate, but we replay that in our lives. Um, we do what we know. We do what we know. Yeah. Excellent way to say that. And people who are very sensitive to other people around them, often they created that high sensitivity to keep themselves safe. Right. And again, not comfortable, but safe and outside of drama or rejection. Mm -hmm. Now you see this with addiction a lot, uh, that people aren't necessarily using substances or um, engaging in out of control sexual behavior because it feels good necessarily, but because they're trying to feel less bad. Um, and for a moment, they do feel a little less bad, but they end up feeling worse afterwards. And the same thing happens when we're trying to move towards comfort is that it, we're just trying to stay one step ahead of something and we end up living um, from one crisis to the next. And even if we say that, another way to say that is, is we're trying to avoid pain, right? Now, pain is a natural human experience. Trauma is different than pain. But when we've never been taught to process pain or had a safe place to experience pain so that we could release it, we're going to go into, oh my gosh, I feel pain. So it would be better for me to quiet that pain and not let it affect my environment. Um, and I'm going to do that through either out of control behaviors, or I'm going to do that through um, substances. And I, I think that's where a lot of people get into with their, with emotional eating, right? This feeling that I'm having emotions and I want to quiet those emotions. So I start to eat. It's the same thing as using drugs or other out of control behaviors. Eating is a great example. Um, that's one area where I'm not boundaried. I, I eat ice cream, even though I shouldn't, I eat way more than I definitely should. And I don't mean like no one should ever eat ice cream. I just mean that I definitely eat way more than is healthy. And if there's a salad before me and an ice cream, never touching that salad. To be fair, I don't think anyone would touch the salad if there's ice cream and a salad in front of them. But I think it's also the idea too of, well, again, let's, let's just go back to the idea of why, right? Why do we have a boundary? Why do we do things? Unless we have a personal reason and an investment for it, there's really not going to be a reason for us to choose the more positive thing, right? And that's part of our growth process and our um, maturing as an adult, but even just as a functioning human is we're taught by people, hey, there's a, there's a cause and effect, right? You actually want to choose this better option because in the end, it'll help you in the long run, right? 
But if we don't have that modeled for us, there's no reason to have a boundary. There's no reason to have um, a stance on something. So like the idea of, um, okay, like Taylor really likes our taco amigo that's next door. Okay. <laughs> um, Taylor's been told by his doctor he shouldn't eat so much taco amigo right now. Right. I amigo to too many tacos. He amigos too many tacos. Right. It's one of those things where to be fair, I'm going to pick on Taylor. I don't think Taylor's looked at the overall picture of maybe all the, the good benefits that could be provided by not doing Taco Amigo because he's looking at it and saying, but I really want to get a cookie dough shake right now. Oh no, I've looked at the overall benefits <laughs> and I'm experiencing the negative benefits yes. constantly. Yes, but, but there's a there's like a mindfulness part of it that I think especially when we are going through a lot of emotions or a lot of like physical stressors, it's really hard just to be honest, like it's hard to have that mindfulness moment of sitting in and checking in with that emotion, right? And many of us don't, including us as professionals, like we, all of us have our vices, you know, Jen, Taylor and I will all talk about the things that are hard for us to do. Like, honestly, eating is probably one that we all, you know, struggle with as humans, but also just those are our vices. We have found kind of, it works, not in a healthy way, but it works to do what we want it to do. But it's one of those moments of like, do you really want to be mindful in this moment or do you want to feel better? Right. And yeah. Well, and if I can hop on the let's pick on Taylor train, which is one of my favorite trains, it's really easy to jump on. So just, yeah. Well, let's go back to what we talked about, right? That lack of boundaries or low boundaries or undefined boundaries are emotional wounds taylor is that true if we talk about your taco amigo experience is oh, it about emotional 100 it's about the physical pain i'm in and ice cream for a little bit feels a little less bad right exactly and so so understand that we're just saying everybody experiences that experience and i know that for me as i've been working on um getting control of my health because it was so out of control because I was having so many medical issues and it was becoming life or death. Um, for me that I've noticed that there are times when I make progress and then I dip back into, wait, I'm self-sabotaging again, or I'm not being boundaried around these things. And now that I am realizing it's tied to emotional wounds, I said, oh, what I really need to do is go do emotional work. I don't need to just shame myself or like buy a gym membership that I won't use or something like that. I need to go do the emotional work so I can move my boundaries into a better place. And that's one of the things that I love seeing about um, starting to increase boundaries. Because I would say there was a time where I wouldn't have picked the salad over the ice cream. But, but I do now. That's something I do. In fact, one of the boundaries I've set for myself is not to buy ice cream and bring it in my house right? Because if it's in front of me, it's harder not to do it. And so I've set boundaries around that because when I have emotional wounds, I will also go to the ice cream if it's there. Which goes to the other part of our topic today, not just what looks good and feels good, but values inform boundaries. And so what's the value uh, call that you're making there? So I value my health and my ability to show up emotionally and mentally and physically well, for myself and for the people around me. It's how I become my best version of myself. Um, and so as I do that, then I have to make those secondary choices, right? And even tertiary choices around to show up in a healthy way. I'm gonna have to make some choices about 
you know, the foods I eat or bring into my home. And if there is food in my home, like I have a guest and they brought home what, what I jokingly refer to as contraband. Um, <laughs> I have gone as far as to put a towel over it. So I cannot see it because again, that it's really hard when you're having those big emotions to avoid things. So I think it's just good to understand that you have to be diligent and understanding yeah, super dedicated and retie back to the what you just mentioned is you have to tie back to the value. Mm -hmm. I want to just if you are in a place where you can pause and get onto a website right now, I would definitely recommend you do that. I want you to go to James Clear Core Values, search that. It's going to come up with a list. Um, that's the list I use with all my clients. When we're talking about these values, I want you as you're listening to this to look at to look at the values that are listed on there. There's like a hundred and something values listed on there. I want you to just circle the ones that are appearing to you as we're talking about what values what their, what their place is when it comes to boundaries. I want you to just look at what values are for you doing this. Cause what we're talking about is first of all, not that there are values you should have. I have a lot of clients that come in and I say, what are your core values? Like, well, I should have the value of family. I should have the value of fidelity. I should. And I'm like, I'm not saying those, those aren't valuable to you, but those might not be your core values of what we're talking about. Cause when we're talking about making a boundary, again, you're going to want to make a boundary on things that are really applicable to you. Making boundaries on things that aren't really applicable, it's it's not quite, it's not going to be sustainable and it's not going to be something you're actually going to use. So when we're talking about this kind of a thing, as we're talking, start thinking about your own core values. We'll talk about more about how to identify those, but it's an important process to be making when we're talking about boundaries. And it's one that's often skipped over. We want to talk about what you should and shouldn't do. Okay. But what we need to talk about is why does that appeal to you? Why do you want to make an even rule about it? Right. So I would definitely recommend like, stop it here, go look at the list. And as you're listening, circle the ones and you're going to end up finding about three main ones. They usually are repetitive after a certain degree. So you're going to find about three main ones. And, but I want you to just like, this is a good point to kind of just be aware of what those lists are. We'll keep talking about what core values are though. One of the things that I have learned in working with values to set boundaries is that values actually can shift and that there's nothing wrong with that. You're not yeah. going to have the same value from the day you were born to the day you die. And it's being, almost like every couple months, double check it, right? I was going to say one of the things that's been re recommended to me is that look over at least every 90 days just to say, hey, how has this shifted? Now, behaviors can still fit into different values. Like I can still choose to go to work based on a different value um, because it's a behavior that supports my current values. But when we look at what's my current value, the other thing I love that you said um, Haley, as you use the word, this should be my value. That's an identity or that's maybe one of the ways we can identify that might be an emotional wound as you've been told that should be your value versus I desire this value or I enjoy this value or I seek this thing out. And so notice that words of what, you know, there's the, I have to, I want to, I desire to, and I'm excited by this value. And so give yourself some permission to look at the things you're excited by. And no two people have the same values. Uh, for example, uh, two religious people in a relationship might value going to church, but all values are different in three areas, duration, intensity, and frequency. 
So uh, the same pe two people in the same relationship might disagree or feel differently, value differently. How long do you go to church for? Uh, how often do you go to church for? And uh, how uh, much do you participate when you go to church? And when, well, with along with that, and just so you know, like people can have the same ones listed, but they're there for different reasons. I think that's like a big thing you're mentioning because I'll I'll look at people's lists and I'll be like you value authenticity, you value this, you value that. Hey, I do too. Like those are my core values as well. But you look at it and like what you're saying, like the reasoning behind it, the way I use it, that's what we're saying is that no two people have the same with that. Yeah, it's a starting, it's a launching point to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Two people will say that they value honesty, but how long are you honest for? How honest are you? And how often are you honest? If someone says, how does this dress make me look? Or do you always say it makes you look excellent no matter what? Uh, do you have a friend that you go to? Because they'll say, yeah, I think it's a really flattering dress. Have you tried this one on? Uh, or is like, you know, that's just not your color kind of conversation. Well, and I think as we tie this back to the idea of emotional wounds and boundaries, giving yourself permission to say, I first have to find my values if I want to start to increase my boundaries. And so if you're like, I need to work on my boundaries, how do I do that? I would say, let's first go into what are you valuing? Why do you want to work on your boundaries? What's going on? Um, having a conversation about what you want your life to look at, because at some point, changing your boundaries is going to be uncomfortable. Right. And if you're not tied into your value, if you're only tied into a behavior, you will fail at changing those boundaries. Um, but I just recently had a client with a huge boundary win, something that was really difficult and she had been working on for a while. And we were able to identify by holding a boundary she had reduced some drama in her life. And when I pointed that out to her, she felt relief and empowerment and those kinds of things. And so I, I want to just encourage you to know that it is possible to change your boundaries. It is possible to do the work. Um, it is emotional work and not just behavioral changes. And I think that's really important because recently I've had a lot of people say, um, hey, Jen, do you know how to do behavioral types of therapy, which I was trained on when I um, started, but I will say there's a lot of emotional wounding that aren't addressed by behavioral therapies. And so make sure that you're taking your concern and, and the behaviors maybe you're concerned about and allowing a therapist to work with you and say, how do we address this wound versus just how do I change this behavior? Well, along with what you're saying too, you're saying like, it's hard work. It can also be super fun. Like the fact of a boundary, what we're going to talk about too, is that boundaries also help you include more in your life to support those values. Right. So for me, like um, I mentioned authenticity is one of my values. It it truly is one of my core values. I love it. It's one that I've looked at boundaries for. One of the things like, well, you know, the great thing about it is once I identify authenticity, I say, oh my gosh, how do I want it more in my life too? Not just how do I get rid of things that aren't authentic? And it's the idea of saying like, when I find authentic people, I want to include them. I have so much fun out of that, so much joy, you know, other different situations too. And I think it's one of those things where just as you are identifying these values, yes, it's hard work. Yes, it can be frustrating. Yes, it's all of the above, but it's also just something to be excited about. So just, just to add that, we won't go too much about like all of what that looks like, but it's also something really cool to say like, hey, now that I have this value, how do I want to grow it? How do I want to use it, right? How do I want it to look like? 
And an excellent um, point of moving from the values we ha we should have or we have to have to the values we desire and want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, we need to. <clears throat> Goodness, sorry. We need to uh, do the emotional work. We need to do the trauma work if necessary in order to be able to set and hold boundaries effectively. And go back and listen to our anger episode and our resentment episode, because anger will teach us that we have boundaries that we weren't aware that we had. And anger will push us to hold boundaries. Mm -hmm. That's such a good point. And it goes back to that idea of as often we have emotional wounds around holding anger. And that is what maybe created some boundary um lack of boundaries or, or boundaries that need to be honored more. And so if that's some of your emotional wounding, I know that is something that um, that can need to be worked through. I used to see anger as a negative thing. I have a lot of clients who see that and realizing anger, like, like I said, go back to the episode without repeating everything in that, but understanding anger for what it is has allowed me to honor it, accept it, and even see it as a friend just in closing just yeah take some time figure out what your values are if you have questions about what those values are or i don't know if this can be a value reach out to a therapist reach out to whomever you can even just email one of us and just say hey i listened to your episode i just want to know like i think this is my value but i'm not sure we will talk to you for free okay <laughs> that's like an easy thing we can talk to you about so we love having that kind of feedback so reach out um let us know yeah, instagram facebook or resilience at gmail.com yeah mm -hmm. thank you for listening to our podcast you can find us on apple podcast and spotify please feel free to rate subscribe and review and if you want to find us on social media we're on instagram and facebook at fate resilience we would love to hear from you